Audible.com is a leading provider of audiobooks. Sign up today for a free 30-day trial at searchenginejournal.com forward slash audible and get your first book for free. We're sitting on the most perfect beach in the world and all we can think about is where... Where can I hook up my mom? Digital pen part at work. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS report. So should we send it to first? Just a couple of people. The question is, who are they going to send it to? This podcast is brought to you by Search Engine Journal, and you're listening to Marketing Nerds. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Marketing Nerds. My name is Kelsey Jones. I'm the executive editor at Search Engine Journal, and I'm joined here today by a local Kansas Cityan, Brody Dorland. He is the co-founder of Divi HQ, which is a cloud-based software application that helps content production teams uh, better plan, produce, and publish content. So, Brody, thanks so much for joining me. Well, thanks for having me, Kelsey. Um, I, uh, I I love this group, and uh, I've been following it for quite a while, so I'm definitely glad to be here. Awesome. Yeah, I know we met uh, earlier this month at Sempo KC, so it's really cool that you're based in Kansas City as well. Absolutely. Yeah, um, glad to meet you. Yeah, for sure. So I wanted to talk to you about content marketing since I know you know, that's your niche at Divi. Um, so do you want to talk a little bit about your background in marketing and content that led you to sure. start your company, co-founding? Yeah, yeah. So um, backstory, so I started out in, in marketing departments of manufacturers, and uh, I was really one of the only ones in the the, uh, the company that knew anything about the web, uh, had a PR background coming out of college, and um, so I got thrown into web projects and loved every bit of it. So I started uh, kind of getting more into that, doing some freelance work. Um, definitely in in kind of the 2005 uh, time period, I started getting into SEO, you know, back in the day. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I definitely saw that a lot of that had a, a, a strong, um, you know, just tie with, with doing good content, even though, you know, keywords are important. And uh, back in the stuffing days, uh, I always felt a little dirty doing that to begin with. But <laughs> Um, but yeah, I always knew that, that good content would probably be the, the best uh, scenario. And, um, uh, and then I got into the agency world and uh, most of my agency uh, days were, were very much focused on, on content production and, and really kind of forced myself to learn uh, content strategy. And certainly as social started getting to be more of an animal, uh, digging into that, email marketing, uh, all these things. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, all, all of these different tactics and channels all revolve around doing good content and delivering stuff that actual people want. Um, so that's always been a focus of mine. And so uh, kind of fast forward to 2009, 2010, uh, in the agency, we, we started building editorial plans for all of our customers, and, uh, but we were doing it via Excel. And, uh, and, and that scenario got really hairy real quick, especially when we're, we're trying to manage, uh, you know, like, let's say 20 clients and, you know, so 20 different spreadsheets are going back and forth every day. Uh, and it just got to be a mess. Um, we, we tried to do other things like using Basecamp, um, and try, or I should say bastardizing Basecamp to try to get it to do what we wanted it to do. And that didn't work. And, you know, we, we tried all kinds of just generic project management systems and nothing really worked. So, um, and, and I say it didn't work. It, uh, these systems didn't 
didn't offer us the the tools that we needed and 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 even the the data storage that we needed to track metadata and and things that were unique and important to the content strategy process and you know being able to report on on how aligned we were with the strategy that we had put in place so at the end of the day we were, we were kind of looking at each other going okay should we just build something that will do exactly what we want it to do? And and we we you know, we looked around and said, okay, we have the resources, we know exactly what this thing needs to look like, so let's just build it and you know throw it out to the marketing industry and see what happens. And that was back in 2011, and we've been kind of going gangbusters ever since. Yeah, I love that. I love when people want to solve their own problems and it ends up helping others. That's a really cool origin story. <laughs> yeah, see, see a need, fill a need. Yeah, exactly. So um, someone pointed out on Twitter during the Sempo KC conference that you are a content marketer using content marketing to sell content marketing software to content marketers, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. Yes, very meta. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, and honestly, it 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 makes things very interesting. Uh, you know, on one hand, that's a benefit because uh, you know we ourselves, as as um, content producers, as content marketers, uh, we have the advantage of knowing exactly what this tool needs to do and how it needs to flow and function. And so, you know, we are our own best. Uh, user, uh, so you know that makes things uh, a little bit easier just to kind of you know understand how this thing needs to work and the you know, new features that we want to add as as we evolve as well. But it also makes things challenging because we're we're selling to some of the most sophisticated marketing and even on the sales side, you know, uh, most sophisticated people out there in, in the world. And, and so, you know, some, some sales and marketing tactics that, um, you know, uh, uh, could be quote unquote, um, you know, uh, old hat or, or black hat. You like, I guess I'm trying to say there, there's, you have to be really genuine and really high quality with everything we do in our marketing and sales because the people we're selling to are going to see right through everything that we might try, mm -hmm. you know, any, any kind of tactic that, that isn't genuine and, and really high quality. So, um, we have to, we have to teach them. We have to make sure that, that we're just being transparent and, and open with, with everything that we're doing and, and the, the problems that we're trying to solve. And, and I think uh, just taking a, an organic, transparent approach has bode well for us, uh, you know, as we've, uh, you know, figured out this marketplace. Yeah, I agree. I think today's internet users uh, really appreciate transparency. So, you know, you talk about quality, and that's something I wanted to uh, talk with you about, you know, just for our audience. I read a study recently that, you know, we're becoming oversaturated with content and a lot of readers hit their limit after a certain number of posts published on a website per day and, and traffic can actually stabilize or go down after yep. that limit. So do you think there's a sweet spot when it comes to, you know, quantity or should it just be only a focus on quality, even if maybe you only write one blog post a month? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, there's there's definitely different schools of thought. Um, I think I subscribe to the the school that teaches um, do the most amount of content that is possible while maintaining a very high quality standard. So, in like other words, that. if you if you if you ramp up your your uh, quantity to a point where the quality starts to diminish, then you're you're probably overdoing it. 
Um, and, and especially in today's marketing, um, in the marketplace where there is so much noise, there is so much just crap content out there. Uh, it, it's, it, you're, you're going to start hurting yourself, uh, especially when you think about, um, you know, you, you're trying to uh, gain subscribers, you're trying to gain readership, you're trying to build trust and, and, you know, you might only have so many opportunities for a customer or a prospect that's coming in your front, your virtual front door. If, if they, uh, you know, happen upon a piece of content that's less than stellar, that might've been your only opportunity. You know, they're, they're gone and you might never get them back. So make sure that everything you're putting out there is high quality and do it as frequently as you can while maintaining that, that's that quality standard. Yeah, I agree. I At Search Engine Journal, we've had a lot of talks about that because we ramped up our content quantity a little bit over the last year, but then we've seen huge gains in traffic from improving our past content. So the majority of our website traffic actually comes from comes from uh, evergreen articles yeah. and so we've put a little bit more manpower in updating those articles you know making sure all the images are updated and the statistics and as a result we've seen a really really big gains um, do you think that I think that that's something that a lot of content marketers haven't been focusing on myself included and seeing this growth at SEJ you know when improving our past content um, I think that's something I want to focus on in the next year have you guys yeah, done any of that? Absolutely. Um, you know, we have a. We, I'm actually. It's on my to-do list to to redo yet again a an infographic that we started back in 2012, mm-hmm. which is that uh, it started out as the 12 things that you should do after you've written a new blog post. And it's just basically a checklist of all the things that you can do to optimize your posts, to to promote your post, um, you know, the, um, to to do some some uh, manual outreach to people, uh, you know, within your uh, your Twitterverse or or your social networks that that uh, you know might find this article valuable and might want to share it, you know, those types of things. And and so we've we've um, we've tried to revamp the uh, the infographic and and the the blog post that goes with it to to keep, to keep up with the times. So, you know, whatever way that you can find to refresh uh, on a regular basis, especially if it's an evergreen topic that, that is going to be relevant for the long haul, but there's always, you know, evolution in no matter what you're talking about, no matter what industry or product category, those mm-hmm. kinds of things, there's always an evolution. So, and, uh, you know, another, another uh, angle, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of angles that you can go with from our, when you're thinking about refreshing. You know, let's say that, that the uh, the original post that you wrote or original article um, was really geared towards one target audience. Well, could you take the same topic and rewrite it with another target audience in mind? Oh, I love it, that. Yeah, and you know, being able to use basically the same message and same language, but but just putting a different spin on it. You know, uh, putting a different hat on. And, and rewriting it for for another type of, of person that might be you know another target. Uh, so yeah, we do this all the time, where we might have an issue that, that has come up from from one of our customers, and we'll, we'll write a, a you know blog post about it. Maybe it's a it's a you know, something about change management or uh, you know a a, 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 a tip for a, you know how to to manage a certain process or something like that. Well, we'll write it first, you know, uh, to help that particular user where, you know, wherever they are or wherever, whatever persona they might fit. But that same issue also probably comes up with other users that might be uh, in a different kind of segment or different persona. Um, so we can take the same message, maybe the same tutorial, but, you know, rewrite it with a different person in mind. And now we've got a whole new article. 
you know, yeah. another another thing that was that actually came up. Um, I, I first saw it in a, I was at a conference and um, I was listening to a speaker. I, I don't remember all the details, but he he threw out something that was like like rocked my world. Um, and a lot of this comes out of the fact that you know I come out of the PR world, you know, journalism world, and and so much of us think about you know, maybe just taking the blog for example. We're, we're thinking about our blog as something that's going to build readership, um, you know, returning visitors that are coming back and, and reading our content over time. But but this uh, this particular speaker kind of rocked my world in this in the sense that he threw up a stat and said, okay, understand that. 80% of your traffic that's coming into like a blog property is going to be new. Oh, always. Yeah. always. And, and so we don't have to worry so much about, um, about, you know, uh, trying to always cover brand new topics or stressing about coming up with new ideas that have never been talked about before on our blog because, because of that 80% rule. And I was like, what? I, I don't know if I believe that. And I went back <laughs> to my analytics and sure enough, I looked over the course of the last year and 80% of my, our blog traffic was new visits. Wow. So I'm like, oh crap. Okay. Well, so then, yeah, I don't have to stress so much about always coming up with, with groundbreaking, you know, earth shattering new stuff. I can, I can be focused on uh, not, not regurgitating, but, but doing some refresh um, you know, covering the same topic in a different way or a different angle. It's okay because most of the time, 80% of the time, the person who's coming in is going to see that fresh for the first time. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, uh, refreshing or kind of reworking content is something that I've presented on in the past, um, specifically content repurposing. And, you know, maybe you're translating a video interview to a podcast. Sure. Or a white paper, you're going to dilute that down into several different blog posts. Um, is that something that you guys do over at Divi? Absolutely. Yeah, well, and, you know, and even, you know, in Divi itself, we have a nice duplicate function um, so that, you know, you, you take a, a past blog post or, you know, any type of content and you can just hit a duplicate button and you it makes an exact copy of it so you can start editing it to do whatever repurpose you want to. Uh, so, yeah, Absolutely. There was a, an article I read a while back that was um, the A to Z of repurposing content. And they came up with basically 26, again, the whole alphabet, uh, different ways to repackage and repurpose uh, as a single content asset. Oh, cool. And it was just, it's just great to have that kind of as a guide for inspiration. So if you do have a, a, a post or an article or anything that is, has done well, you know, just reading through that, that A to Z list and thinking about ways that you can repurpose it or repackage it, man, that's that's just easy stuff, and and you know, most of the time, a lot easier than coming up with something from, something from scratch. Yeah, I'm. I see that that article is on Content Marketing Institute, so yes, we'll be sure yeah. to link to it in yes. the recap. Yeah. The uh, who 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 wrote that again? I, we should. Uh, I'm gonna butcher her name, Manya Chalinsky. Okay. Yes. Okay. That's. I am right. so bad at. Yeah, that's at, the article. It's it's a great one. Okay. Cool. Yeah, we'll be sure to link to that. Um, so, do you guys do any other types of content besides written content? Like, do you guys do webinars or, you know, podcasts or anything like that? And how does that fit into your content strategy? 
Yeah. So, you know, we're a small team. And so um, I think one, one strategy that, that has, um, that really hits home for us is to focus on the types of content or the content channels where, where it, you know, you're most comfortable and, and it's easy for you to produce. It's easy for you to do high quality stuff. And, and especially with, if you have any kind of limited uh, resources, um, don't try to spread yourself too thin on too many channels. So, you know, there's certainly been times where we, you know, we, we got a little overboard on, on everything that we were doing and we, we just kind of, I wouldn't say we got burnout, but it, it was the content schedule that we had uh, at, at various times was just, it, it overloaded us. We couldn't get anything else done. Um, so, you know, but there's also the channels that are really important to the business and, you know, based on our overall content strategy uh, and the people that we're serving, we know we have to be doing certain things. Um, so, you know, for us, the, the blog is very important. General website content and landing pages uh, for, for different things are very important. Email is huge. Social is Social's, you know, important from the sense that um, it's an engagement channel. It's it's less important as a as a uh, content promotion channel. Um, uh, what else? Oh, we do a lot of video. Um, certainly, you know, because we're a software program or a software application, um, you know, people want to see how our software works, or they want to learn how to do different things, how to learn you know learn how to do different uh, functionality, those kinds of things. So we do a lot of product videos, and I think that has helped in a big way to to get people comfortable, especially if they're, if they're kind of in the, the buyer, uh, early in the buyer journey, you know, uh, trying to understand how our software would fit into their world, into their process. So they want to actually see how it works before they even sign up for a trial or something like that. So, yeah, video is a big part of it. And, um, but we, we also do videos for uh, current customers. So there's, there's kind of both sides of the funnel. There's the, the new customer acquisition strategy, but then there's also the, the retention strategy and the ongoing education strategy to, to make sure our customers are successful and build loyalty and advocacy over time. Yeah, I think you're exactly right that having explainer videos, if you have um, a SaaS product or something that kind of needs a walkthrough is extremely helpful. So that's great. Yeah, and they're and they're easy to do um, with you know screen capture video technology like Camtasia. It, you know, it's not hard to write a, write a quick script, do a quick screen capture video, and throw it out on YouTube. I mean, that's that's easy to accomplish in you know a few hours. Yeah, definitely. So one thing that you know a lot of my private clients struggle with is how to tie back their content to something they're offering. So you know they get it that you know having good content on their website's important, but they they're they're trying to figure out the best way to have a good call to action that isn't pushy or you know write about their content without coming across as you know buy our stuff now and so you know what are some of your tips for kind of letting your content sell your products you know naturally or in a way that comes across as you know not pushy to the customer Sure. I mean, the number one thing is is just doing a, a solid buyer profiling or, or persona development exercise. Um, you know, when you go through a process like that, it 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 becomes obvious that that what you've been doing is v- more self centered than than your customers would like. And um, you know, when when I've uh, you know, spoken on this before, I'll you know, I'll draw a big Venn diagram. Where you know one of the circles is is all the stuff that you want to talk about, 
but then the other circle is the stuff that your audience actually cares about. <laughs> now, th- th- there, is, there is that, you know, again, the Venn diagram, there's that cross section in the middle, mm-hmm. but, but that's where you should be focusing. And, and so when you, when you go through the process of, of doing either buyer profiling, persona development, it, it helps you to understand exactly what your customers care about uh, and how it relates to your product. So the, the needs that they have, the, the, the pain, the skepticisms, um, the, the, the trigger events that might happen in their world that would get them researching a product like yours. And, and without actually doing that work and, and having customer interviews and, 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 and doing, you know, again, going through a, a solid buyer persona development exercise, which, you know, there's the, if you just Google that, you'll, you'll be able to see, you know, some good frameworks for that. But without that work, you're, you're really, you know, just still going to be in a self-centered mindset because you don't have any, anything else. You don't, you don't know anything else. All you know is, is what you got going on and your products and your services and that's what you'll gravitate to, and, and you don't know any different. So that's the key thing in my book. Yeah, exactly. I was at State of Search earlier this month, and um, Casey Marquis did a presentation about content, and he actually talked about this uh, persona generator by HubSpot, and it's free, and it's at makemypersona.com. And so I guess it's just a generator that walks you through creating a persona, which I had never heard of. So I'm definitely going to try it um, for one of my clients. But I think that, you know, making a persona isn't as hard as people think it is, but it's really important. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it can be difficult, I think, depending on the size of the organization. Um, And, you know, um, there there is there's a, a, a quick and dirty way to go about it. And I think the HubSpot model probably um, is, is more on the quick and dirty side of things. Then there's the more in-depth side of things where you're actually bringing in a, a content strategy consultant or, or a content strategy agency to walk you through and facilitate the process. Uh, there's also platforms out there. Uh, Akunu, uh, it's A-K-O-O-N-U. Akunu is a really cool platform that, that helps to uh, to develop buyer personas. It also helps to, to map uh, those personas, uh, actually map the buyer's journey uh, of those personas so you can understand the different stages of the process and, and kind of map that out. And having a framework really helps to, to make sure you're thinking through everything. Um, but, it, you know, it, it can be challenging, especially if you're a large organization that has lots of products and in, you know, and by extension, having lots of different types of customers versus a smaller company like us, where we basically have three to four personas that are our main target. And, and then we also then ha- um, kind of break down to individual properties. So our blog is really just focused on one persona, the content manager within a medium to large size business. That is the 100% focus of our blog. Now our email will stretch out and, and have uh, you know, some different segments. Our social will have some different segments to touch our you know, a, a complete scope of three to four personas. But we're a small company, we have one product. It's easier to get through that process with with that small scope versus a much larger company that has lots of products and and lots of business divisions and yada yada. Which you know we those are the types of companies that we work with every day. Big companies that have huge teams and lots of products and you know their world is just larger and it's so it's a little harder to go through the process. But that makes it no less important. 
Yeah, that's a really good point. I'll be sure to link to Akunu in the recap as well because it looks like a cool tool. It is. Um, so to kind of, you know, wrap it up today, I thought it'd be cool to hear from you, um, you know, what you and your team are looking forward to in uh, next year in 2017. So any trends you're looking to capitalize on, any goals you have, things like that? Um, well, yeah, I mean, there, there's lots. Um, I, I think for us specifically, um, it's it's become very apparent with, with so many new technologies out there. Um, that, that customers would love, or at least our customers, I'll, I'll throw a blanket state, statement out there. Most, most folks in our world would, would love to have, have tools that, that connect uh, and, and are integrated with one another so that it, you know, it, it makes uh, you know, our day-to-day -day processes and our day-to-day -day jobs uh, as, as easy and, and efficient and seamless as possible. So, you know, one of our big uh, agenda items for 2017 is just to do more integrations uh, to try to connect uh, Divi with, with you know, the, the larger ecosystem. And uh, so that's a big focus for us. And, and I think, um, you know, there, there are so many tools, certainly at, at Sempo KC, we, we, there was a lot of talk about all the, the new technologies that are available to us. Um, you know, I think we, we also want to make sure, and this is a message that, that we preach every day, that, you know, we, we don't overcomplicate things, you know, just because there's a lot of tools out there that can do a lot of things. Uh, it doesn't mean that they're, they're going to save us time. <laughs> and and it, sometimes at the end of the day, you just want something that's simple that, that helps you do, you know, one thing and, and does it well. And so, um, you know, there's, there's an overall message, at least for us, that, uh, you know, that content process is, is big and has a lot of, of things to it. But, um, at least from our perspective, let's just focus on trying to help customers have a better plan and, and a more efficient workflow process. And if we can just focus on that and be really good at that, then we're going to be okay. Uh, and <laughs> that's the focus. Yeah, I love that. Not overcomplicating. So that's great. Simplify. <laughs> well, Brody, thanks so much for uh, joining us on Marketing Nerds. I enjoyed talking content with you. Kelsey, it was great to meet you at the Sempo show. Glad we could connect and uh, happy to, to uh, you know, have a conversation with your, your community. Yeah, for sure. Again, this is Brody Dorland with Divi HQ and Kelsey Jones at Search Engine Journal. This Marketing Nerds podcast has been brought to you by Search Engine Journal. For more news, interviews, and how-to guides from marketing experts from around the world, visit us at searchenginejournal.com.